Metroid Samus Returns and Sony. Ooh, Jesus Christ! I've really bungled this whole fucking thing. Let me just Good write. Words. Oh, let me just write this down. This an hour minute second. Holy! Fuck, I really. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh. was it? What was bad about it? It was okay. It was improv. Loose it up. July 30th, 2017. I'm Ryan. I'm Sandy. And I'm Yannick. And this is Pixels Weekly, episode 70. Can you guys hey. believe that? I, I, I stopped counting. I can't believe we've done this. Nobody long. has canceled us yet because they can't wear a podcast. No. We're indie. Indie for life. <laughs> we run our own production company, so we make our own decision about our own show. Our own production company. What if I? Yep. What if we did cancel ourselves, though? Wouldn't that be... That would be the story of the century. Podcast cancels itself. I have to say, though, to be honest, guys, I can't remember the time before I was, you know, a normal person not being a co-host of a show, of a podcast, <laughs> of a weekly show. I don't yeah. remember what my life was before that, you know? I had free, weekend, free weekends, and I don't remember how that feels. Exactly. And there wasn't always a Google Doc in your life? Yep. There wasn't yeah. always a Google Doc and a Sandy telling me to fill it out on time. <laughs> you I know, we know. can romanticize it, but I don't know if it was actually better. I feel like it's, it might be better now. Yeah. yeah. Oh, no, Definitely. That's why that's why we hear and and we always see the, I don't I, th- I don't know whether the numbers right now like do we have do we have fans do we have dedicated fans we don't have writers right but we know they're here they're listening. I would say that we have a group of people who tune in a sizable group of people, um, who tune in every single week to listen to us and I think that uh, either they're forgetting to unsubscribe. <laughs> that could be the case. That could be the case. Or they actually like what they're hearing. In which case, God bless them. Yay. Yeah. yeah. Big, big up. If big this up. is this is reverse therapy, right? Like normally you pay someone, they listen to you talk. Now we just talk at you. So we're really working out our own problems with our audience, you know? <laughs> yeah. And we have a bunch of problems to get through this week, including Capcom selling a ton of copies of Street Fighter 2. And we've got a lot of problems to talk about this week, including Metroid's Amiibo debacle, Walmart canceling SNES Classic pre-orders, and how Yannick likes his first experience of PUBG. So let's get mm-hmm. into it, guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Excited. We hype. We have the summer, hype. The summer, the summer games, right? The summer games. Yeah, you know what? There's always various topics. (laughs) That's right. When games aren't releasing every single week, which they will be soon, by the way. Like, I don't know if you guys know, but we're going into August. So that means it's all about to come crashing down on us. So finish all the games you wanted to play now because we're not going to have any time in a couple weeks. Mm -hmm. Your palms are going to get sweaty. Sandy, tell me about this Walmart thing. Uh, Remember last week when we were super mad that we couldn't get any (laughs) pre-orders? We called it. We called <laughs> yeah. it. Uh huh. It turns out Walmart accidentally put the uh, classic SNES on their website too soon. Uh, had to issue an apology uh, and canceled all the pre-orders. Uh, 
Isn't that unbelievable? I, I, I don't, don't feel know. so bad, though. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, yeah, I, I missed it, so I really don't feel bad. But I will say that I, I really think that we could say that this is Walmart's fault, but there's some of the blame has to go to Nintendo, right? Yeah, like it, I think so. Walmart wouldn't have had their page crash and this be a huge debacle if Nintendo just made it really clear when and how to get pre-orders or if they're going to do pre-orders at all or how many of these they're making or anything. But uh, yeah, so people that don't know what Walmart sent out a bunch of emails essentially saying, hey, you know that thing you bought? Uh, you didn't actually buy it. Yeah, I I used to have my brother used to work at um, the equivalent of Best Buy in France uh, for ten years in the video game department, and I remember when the first Animal Crossing was coming, when the first DS was coming, he was the manager of the video game department of of his own store. Um, I just I just can't stop but thinking in this. Everybody has to just think about that. It's just a few people making those decisions. It's probably a group of yeah. five dudes in a meeting room in Walmart. They're like, "There's a piece of cake we gotta get here." Even if we don't have enough um, info from our Nintendo representative, whatever that dude is, and that dude is probably not having all the information, that dude probably told us, like, yeah, 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 you Walmart, you'll get plenty. And so they're like, well, he told us we'll get plenty. Let's just put it on pre-order. They see the numbers blow up in like t- like 12 minutes or whatever. Yeah, um, it you broke know, probably the page 12 seconds. And then the guy from Nintendo is like, uh, guys, so my manager over here just saw what you guys did, and I don't think that's going to make it. So <laughs> just, just back out of this one. You know, I just imagine, like, everything in the meeting rooms in between Skype calls and Google Hangouts calls, and people being like, uh, okay, let's, you know, Roger, just back out of that. Back <laughs> out of that. Roger, Roger got a phone call from Nintendo <laughs> yeah, right. going, um, that's not what we agreed on. And he, Roger went, oh, my God, I'm going to get fired. Yeah. There's oh, no my technical God, my glitch. name is Roger. This is terrible. It's, <laughs> it's, it's Walmart.com, okay? They sell Garmin covers and stuff. There is no technical glitch. It's just a guy that fucked up, and, and they just wanted to set it up before any other distributors, before any, like, big market, like, big, like, stores, and uh, and it didn't make it. It didn't make it. Yeah, that's interesting. I agree with that. I don't, like... Walmart must do a lot of e-commerce. The fact that I think that actually the Nest Classic pre-orders broke Amazon last year. So it doesn't surprise me that Walmart's website broke. What surprises me is Walmart claiming it was some kind of mistake instead of a, you know, calculated move on their part. Um, But, yeah, still, if you ordered it and you thought you were good... Sad, <laughs> sad day for you. Um, we hate to say we told you so, but in, in this particular case, we actually really told you so, didn't we, last week? <laughs> Imagine if tomorrow I get a message from Blizz- Blizzard telling me my, that my BlizzCon ticket is actually not pre-ordered. Holy shit. Oh, no. Can you imagine? You know, just I need, I will need a therapist for sure. Yeah. I will no get thing. on a phone and I will call somebody. <laughs> You'll call Roger. I'll call Roger. <laughs> Roger yeah. probably is going to fix it. <laughs> He's just um, going to say it's a technical glitch. Yeah, so that continues to be a really weird and bad problem. So thanks, Nintendo. I mean, for a company who it's so weird having these two thoughts in my head over and over of like, I'm happy for Nintendo. I'm glad they're succeeding. And I really just want them to get their shit together. Please, please, Nintendo. Oh, and this reminds me, um, Think Geek had the classic Nintendo, the one that we couldn't get our hands on, 
for sale recently with a bundle oh, of I like $100 worth of stuff. And I'm like, was GameStop holding on to this inventory just so they can be like, hey, here, buy this BT dubs. Also, buy this when you buy this. It sold out really quickly also. Yeah, so uh, that was the case where they essentially were selling. I heard they were trying to sell like a shitty Mega Man X Buster like alongside the uh, NES Classic simply because they can't get rid of those but they <laughs> they can't uh, but they can get rid of NES Classics. But you know what? I don't think I'm not actually mad at GameStop for doing that. I think it is, you know, a shitty thing and that they shouldn't be allowed to do that, but it's in the same case of the way Nintendo sets these systems up. It just loans itself to you know, scalpers and businesses who really want to make a quick buck this way to be pretty nasty in terms of how they treat their customers. And so, you know, it, it sucks that we have to compete against a thousand bots and scalpers to get our hands on a pre-order or something that we legitimately want to, you know, play. But that kind of is what it is at this point, I guess. I'm looking at all these Switch bundles on ThinkGeek's website, and they don't make any sense to me. There's a Nintendo Switch, the gray one, with a Breath of the Wild clue game, plus the Breath of the Wild video game. Oh, boy. It's just, like, it's terrible. Yeah, wait, wait. Uh, I mean, guys, Mario and Rabbids is coming. Yeah, (laughs) wake up, sheeple. Uh, (laughs) Mario and Rabbids is coming out next month. They're going to have another, you know, giant chunk of stock. Uh, come in of switches they're making them as fast as they can uh we heard just this past week nintendo's financial results right they've sold almost five million switches um and they're still impossible to find so clearly they're selling every single one that they can manufacture Uh, i don't actually think that there's nintendo uh nintendo not being able to uh, or or creating false uh scarcity rather i think this is nintendo actually having a hard time keeping up with demand Uh, in this particular case. That's interesting. All right. Well, I want to talk to you guys about another Nintendo thing. I have been Splatoon farming. (laughs) What's what's that? Is is Splatoon an RPG and nobody told me? (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Well, actually, it kind of is an RPG, so it's funny you say that. But if you guys have Splatoon 2, any listeners out there that have Splatoon 2, maybe you haven't bought it yet, maybe you haven't turned it on in a few days, do not software update your Splatoon 2. Instead... Stay offline, go play single player, uh, and if you can get to World 2, then you can crack open a box with a ticket in it. And this ticket is good for 20 rounds of 150% experience for your character to unlock new gear and new weapons uh, and new fresh, fresh, fresh outfits. Um, But you can essentially, once you get to uh, the second world in the single player and... You can warp there from the single player. You can basically just keep warping to that, hopping back to the main menu and farming these tickets. I stopped at 42, and then I actually wanted to play Splatoon online again, so I had to uh, software update to play online. But I was able to get 42 tickets, which is essentially 800 matches of Splatoon, which I'll probably never play, um, at, le- at least anytime soon. With 150% experience, which I'm hoping makes the whole thing go uh, much faster. I told my friend about this farming trick, and uh, they attempted it, and because they had the new software, it didn't work. So, um, 
that's that's the long and short of it. You can find videos on the internet as to how it works, but uh, for a game that I feel like doles out the experience pretty slow, even at first, um, it is a nice to have. That's good to know because that game is definitely a grind. Yeah, you have dude. to you get to level four, then you've got to like grind to get weapons and gear so your character's better and then there's these people from god knows where just killing you all the time and you've got these stupid there's <laughs> a splash junior and like you've got nothing yeah and you're like god i just i just want a better gun sandy you sound like someone who's been playing splatoon lately is that you or is that you're watching experience with the uh, with Arya? I played it for um, a few games online. Ari's been playing it mostly. The reason why I haven't been playing it on the Switch is because I cannot transfer my save over. Oh, what a surprise. (laughs) And if we want to play together, we have to play on our own devices. So I will be going to the Nintendo store Monday morning. Follow us on Twitter at PixelsCast to see if I am successful in obtaining a Switch. Oh, and in the meantime, well, you'll know before this comes out. <laughs> on on our Instagram too, I'm going to be posting up. I got some new amiibo, some Cloud from Final Fantasy VII amiibo, which I can't believe they made. Uh, there's two different versions of Cloud. I got them both. I'm so excited. I love Final Fantasy VII. He was in Smash Brothers, and so uh, yeah. God forbid he's a Nintendo statue now, which is so weird to think about. That is so like bizarre. It's like hey. Uh, Very quickly, before we get off this Nintendo stuff, uh, I did want to say, speaking of Amiibo, uh, another little piece of Nintendo controversy is Metroid Returns, uh, which is the Metroid 2 remake coming out for 3DS, has a hard mode, and you can't play hard mode unless you buy one of the Metroid Amiibo. Um, So an Amiibo is around 10 to 15 bucks. Uh, You have to buy an Amiibo to unlock hard mode. And I just wanted to put it to you guys uh, before we move on to uh, Yannick. Like, what do you think of Nintendo putting something like a hard mode behind a physical piece of DLC, essentially, right? That is also a collectible, sure, but it is kind of just an NFC chip inside of a a statue. Just an easier... I feel like it's just a a softer way to sell a DLC. It just kind of like, you know, put some makeup on and, you know, embed it into a figurine that is, like you said, also collectible. Because if it was purely marketed as a, you know, digital DLC, you have to download and and put money on your credit card to purchase it. Yeah. Um, which you would do with a, with an Amiibo. But if, if there's this direct, direct purchase of a digital DLC like this, um, <clears throat> I feel like the community would have you know, raged about it, like be upset more about it than an Amiibo. And sure. an Amiibo makes it kind of like more digestible. Um, not that it makes it better. It just, I feel like it just, oh, okay, well, you know, I want this Amiibo anyway. It's a cool one. I feel like it, they just got it out, right? They just, right. If they you just do want it anyway, it. then it, it, it makes total sense. They just, and for Metroid Prime, it's probably uh, targeted to Metroid Prime fans, and uh, and for them, it's kind of like a cool way to to unlock content. I feel like it's just it's a sexier way to sell DLCs. Um, I don't, I'm you know, I like that. If it was for Destiny, if it was for a game I really care about, I'd be like, oh, cool, you know, I'm gonna get to figure in anyway, and it's a cool way for me to unlock some digital content at the same time. 
Yeah, it's interesting to hear you mention it in terms of Destiny because if the Destiny Collector's Edition came with like a big statue and it was, you know, a little like USB thing that popped out of the statue itself or the statue had an NFC chip and you could tap it on the, although I don't know, PS4 has an NFC reader, but something where you could get the DLC off of or permission to use the DLC off of the statue is actually mm-hmm. kind of interesting to me. So. I, you the know, only thing first, about I, my reaction was negative, but that that kind of changes yeah. it for me a little bit. Well, the only thing about that I'm worried about is the stock. So if they they don't have any yeah. more, if they don't have any more statues, what's going to happen? Nobody can. Right. No, no hard mode. Not everybody. <laughs> no hard mode. So that's. Could weird. you imagine if this was like a, a DLC code in a pop? Oh yeah. And or the in, nightmare in, that would ensue. In a cereal box, I want it to be like DLCs in cereal box. Yeah, or, or I, I would prefer Nike cereal sneaker. box. <laughs> Yeah, a cereal box would feel like a nice old school way of doing it, right? Get get to the kids. All right, I'm anyway. sure after that, in terms of stock, I mean, that being said, I, I can't imagine that they're just going to be like, well, that's it for the hard mode. Whoever didn't act, act, you know, whoever didn't get their hand on the statue won't be able to play hard mode. I'm sure they're going to no, have don't some. Don't underestimate some them. S- they're Nintendo. Okay. <laughs> I would hope that they have some sort of backup plan where they're like six months after... Um, Making kind of like the statue a, an early access kind of thing. Uh, they'd be coming up six months after being like, hey, the hard mode is available. Even if you didn't get the statue, uh, here, is, here it is. You know, here it is for five bucks or for free. I don't know. Yeah. And for people who are saying that, oh, this is something they clearly made alongside the, with the game. And now they're not giving it to us in the package or whatever. This is just more video game companies trying to get more money out of us. Number one, yes, they are trying to get more money because you're paying less for video games than you've ever paid, according to historical averages. But secondly, um, Metroid traditionally hasn't had a hard mode. So this is new and different content. And I think Nintendo's proven with Breath of the Wild that their hard modes are usually a hell of a lot more than just double all the bad guy damage and half your health it's so much more design work and thoughtful either placement of enemies or considering how to manipulate the level uh, or the game mechanics to be more challenging for the player i really do think that nintendo hopefully when they release this hard mode we're going to find out that it's not just, you know, math that they've done to the whole game and instead is actually a meaningfully different experience. So don't be that upset uh, for locking this thing away, people. Remember, mm-hmm. you were probably going to buy the stupid statue anyway. Mm-hmm. All right. That's, so uh, that's it for me. All right. I want to jump right in into my main topic. Tell um, us, tell <clears throat> us, tell us, tell us. Uh, I, uh, I want to talk about this game that I've had a, a long, uh, well, quite recent uh, love story with Twitch uh, being really, really regularly in the top three most viewed um, games on Twitch. And I want to talk about Player Unknown Battlegrounds, um, which is a game, I don't know, if we, we've talked in the past about this game, but we've mainly talked about it when it was really, really early access and uh, filled with bugs, filled with lag. And um, we've seen the um, the game editors, uh, Blue Hole, take a take a step up in uh, getting their game ready because this game has been out for like more than six months, but it's still somehow in like early like alpha or beta early access. I don't know how you call this anymore. Um, so this game is pretty much a tactical version of your H1Z1, uh, where you can get dropped on the map in solo or with your teammate or with a squad of four people. 
And uh, you get dropped onto this map. It's always the same map. Just like in H1Z1, you always had one map. And um, as you progress, you get dropped with around 100 other people. Um, you choose where you want to land, where you, know, where you want to get parachuted. Uh, you start, everybody's in the same plane and everybody gets to be dropped uh, wherever they want. And you start empty, naked, no weapons on you. And you pretty much have to loot this post-apocalyptic world where you have to find your helmet, uh, your energy drinks, your ammo, your weapons. You can also augment your weapons. Um, and, and you start off like that. And your goal is to kill everyone and be the last man standing. Uh, pretty basic concept. Uh, the map also, as the time progresses, the map gets smaller. So you have this kind of circle that if you don't, it's, they call it the play zone. If you step out of the play zone, there's this gas, this toxic gas that reduces your health. And as you progress through the game, uh, the gas gets more intense and you lose more uh, health. Uh, along the way so the important part is to really work on your positioning and this game more than h1z1 really is favorizing um, tactical game long range long to mid-range game um it's 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 definitely another it's like if you were to know soccer games uh h1z1 would be your pro evolution soccer pretty arcade arcade ish uh run around and you know kill people like jump shots and stuff like that um pubg uh, in terms of um, combat, like weapon combat, would be your FIFA. It's more simulation. Um, headshot counts. It's very hard to just jump in from out of your car and kill people. Uh, if you jump out of your car, you you can kill yourself literally. So you have to get your your oh. car to a, to a full stop, right? So you cannot rush uh, in front of someone and just jump out of your car and kill him. Um, but yeah, anyway, I think and a it's friendly a friendly way that a lot of people have been describing it, right? Like a lot of people hear the setup and they say. Oh, it's like Hunger Games. It's also like the movie Battle Royale, which I had never seen, yep. but now I kind of want to see it. Because I so love people... Battle Royale. It's so bad. <laughs> yeah, it's. I mean, people certainly talk about Battle Royale with some reverence now, but like, I think PUBG recently changed their entire slogan to something akin to like, "This is Battle Royale." So they're clearly trying to own. Um, the idea, in fact, they've just brought in Battle Royale-style uh, cosmetics into the game, which is <laughs> totally ridiculous. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And um, so this game, since it came out pretty much, even if it had a lot of problems at launch, I was, I was telling you earlier, a lot of lag, a lot of, um, <clears throat> a lot of desync, which is like, you know, seeing the, the positioning of your enemy going back and forth because the server has a hard time figuring out where the opponent is actually located. So it was like a lot of problems. And, but, but from the get-go, from the very beginning, a lot of very popular streamers picked up the game and, and, and invested time in it. And that was probably the best publicity for the game. Uh, Summit1G, one of the biggest Counter-Strike streamer, uh, and now he's doing a lot of variety on shooter, shooter, shooting games. Um, Dr. Disrespective, who is the guy that I watch all the time, this, uh, uh, how can you call this kind of streamers? You know, he put a wig on. He's kind of like a, a, he plays a character when he streams. You know, it's not, he's not himself. Uh, I want to mention also Team the Tatman. I mean, some, some of the biggest streamers on Twitch have been really enjoying this game. And with the fixes currently, it's kind of like, 
you know, everybody's really enjoying it. And it's still, like I said, an early access. So, you know, they basically added recently, two days ago, a ranking system into the game. So we're still missing a lot of components into it. They said they aim to release this game fully and officially in October. Uh, that's their goal. Um, but what is currently, yeah, what was currently shocking me is that a lot of my friends, a lot of people that I play Overwatch with, um, started picking up this game. And I was talking to a few people also in real life. And, uh, and they said, you know, they're really enjoying the tactical aspect that's something different and one one critical aspect of this game is that if you buy go buy good headphones if you want to play this game because the sounds are incredible uh the detail in terms of sounds um you can hear people footstep if they go around you you can hear people shots um and you know where they come from so you know it's it's a very very um you know It, it will it will increase your stress when you when you play through the you know when you walk through this map and you will have to run through the open field and you always worry about a bullet coming from around you know from around you and you don't want, don't know where it's coming from. Um, so high intensity game. I got into my first game this morning. I you know I got peer pressured 100. I admit it, team. <laughs> I admit it. I got peer pressured. I, too many people around me were playing it. I was like I got to jump in it, even though I really had H1Z1. In my Twitch like uh, preference, I was always going to Edge One Z One, and recently I switched to PUBG um, because even as a spectator, you can easily have the the stress and the intensity of the streamer. You you have it easily communicated to you, um, and so I wanted to get you know get a feel for it as well. So I jumped into a solo. I finished like in the top 15, but I just died out of the play zone uh, it's just a matter of pacing yourself and just a matter of knowing when to move and 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 judging you know how the playable area gets restricted um so anyway i had had a good feel for it uh, it's definitely a lot of a, a good learning curve uh, knowing where to find weapons i had a hard time finding weapons I, i was running with a pistol for like the first 10 minutes of the game i was like what the fuck streamers find find an ar right away um <laughs> and in a long mid-range combat it was like the pistol wouldn't get me anywhere so uh, i had one kill and made made it to the top 15 and died out of the play zone unfortunately um That being said, yeah, this game for to finish it had a had a huge scandal. Uh, Blue Hole, and it's probably unprecedented. Probably the first time it happened. Uh, Blue Holes ban a player for stream sniping. So, do you guys know what stream sniping is? I, is I hate this... stream sniping. Oh, okay. Tell the people. Uh, tell the people. Yeah, what I'm it gonna is. guess. Hold on, let me guess first. Is stream sniping somebody watching someone else's stream and telling someone where to shoot? Right. Ding, 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 so, ding, ding. Well, yeah. no, not, not, not necessarily. Oh, close. Okay, okay, close. Okay. close. So it's about someone watching someone else's stream. So let's say, Ryan, you're streaming, and, um, yeah. and, and I want, you know, I really want to hijack your performance. So what I'm going to do is that I'm going to try to jump in the same instance of, you know, I'm going to try to get dropped into the same game than you and uh, into the same world than you. And then I'm going to... Obviously, I have more information than you. I know where you are. I'm watching you on Twitch. You don't know I'm watching you. And uh, so I'm going to have, of course, with a little 30-second delay, but I'm going to know watching you stream where you are uh, and, and where, where to attack you from so that I can kill you really easily. And people take, you know, they, especially it happens to a lot of popular streamers because they think, you know, everybody wants to kill them, right? That's what, you know, some people want to do that. It's like... a um it's it that's the the i want to say the the bad side of celebrity you know people want to want to want to chop your head off yeah uh, when, when you're at the top so um it's recently rude. that's yeah, what it is recently um 
some um, a guy named Lotoe Lotu Lotu uh, was ban- banned by Blue Hole for stream sniping. One of the biggest streamers, uh, two of the biggest streamers of, of PUBG, uh, Summit One G that I mentioned, and Shroud, which is, who is an incredible player, um, and. So they posted a clip, and, and Bluehole went out and said that they had data proving that this person was uh, leaving an instance of a game if they saw their streamers that they were street sniping, if they saw them having their game over. So they would see a, a, a synchronized behavior between what the streamer was doing and um, oh. and, and and the activity of the of this player. And so they said that they, their community team had data to back up their decision. The problem is that this guy that they banned went out and said i've forgotten what channel i probably on the reddit he said i'm not i don't even watch twitch so this whole thing became a game of you know he said she said and nobody really handled it well the streamer should have hide uh, the number of his instance because it's written on the on their on their screen it's written under their health bar i think like it's that you can tell what world they're playing in what server they're playing in um looking at their stream um the 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 stream sniper Possibly has a history of this action, but he claims that he doesn't watch Twitch. Um, yet, I mean, he's still coincidentally left and queued at the same time that the streamer. And then player like Bluehole and, and, and PUBG, uh, they cannot prove that the banned party was stream sniping, yet they banned him anyway. Uh, so it was a huge blowout on Twitter. It was a huge, you know, it's like uh, even Submit 1G didn't want this guy to be banned. He was just like, yeah, stream sniper, blah, blah, blah. Like yeah. Every stream that I watch, they're like, it's like when you say, um, it's like on Destiny or some other games, like, oh, he's lag switching, blah, blah, blah. He's like making the game lag so he can kill me. But it's just like, it's like insulting someone. It, it doesn't, it's not, it doesn't mean to be more than what it is when someone is like, you're stream sniping, blah, blah, blah. You know, they're not going to come out and reach out to Blue Hole and try to ban people that are stream sniping. Yeah. Um, the, the streamers are always kind of like accepting it as much as they hate it, but they're never really taking action. Be like, oh, this guy is stream sniping. Uh, the least they can do is ban the people from their stream, and that's justified. Um, I would do the same. But, you know, they were like, we don't, we don't work with Blue Hole. I don't know where that came from. It's indeed into the, the rules of the game to not do that. It's, into, it's inside their, their, their rules, their, um, I want to say their uh, regulations. And their yeah, thing, their like, but code of conduct or whatever. Their code of conduct, but... But nobody really stand out, and 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 Blue Hole, like the, the the game editors were just the game developers were just like, we gonna take a step up, and uh, and all of this seems just like a clusterfuck, and it just seems like, um, one of those um, one of those I want to say um, a situation that is not handled well by any parties involved. Yeah, yeah, it sounds uh, like it. It sounds like it, and it's a it's a shame because this game has had a a pretty good love story with Twitch, and uh, unfortunately, right now it becomes this kind of like doubting environment where um, if uh, if a, if a pretty popular streamer with a pretty decent level gets killed from the back or gets killed from somewhere where he has no real time to react, he will uh, unfortunately uh, doubt uh, doubt the kill and doubt the performance and be like, oh, someone was stream sniping me, of course. Um, yeah. And that's you know that's not that's not something that's just becomes bad publicity for a game. This whole thing hurts my head. <laughs> it hurts your head. It's, it's <laughs> it, it, it just screen sniping has always been a thing. It's been a thing with StarCraft. It's been it's been a thing as long as Twitch has been around. Yeah. And I think on the plus side, yes, good for you for taking a stand. But it's how 
how much bad behavior is acceptable bad behavior in the gaming industry, especially when you're trying to monetize it any which way possible. So, like, if PUBG becomes a esports game, and then you have these players who are the best players, top players, getting better with one another, but then yeah. they've got people coming in and purposely sabotaging when they're training, what's the long-term cost of that? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, we're in a post-Twitch world for sure, and I don't think uh, it's a matter of how to stop it, but rather how to live with it, and whether it's, you know, certain games, competitive games, have to be on some sort of crazy predetermined delay so that those streams are never actually live, 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 or, um, I mean, you have you have to do something, right? So it's a matter of what that thing is. Yep. Yeah, some of the, the, some some techniques are available, but there's never there is never a solution for everything. Um, people will always be able to create different Twitch account. People will always be able to watch anonymously watch a stream. Um, so even this guy claiming that he doesn't watch Twitch, it can just be saying that he deleted an account and is just watching anonymously. It's always possible to watch anonymously. You just can't really interact in chat, but you can always watch any streams um, without signing up on Twitch. And, um, and 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 as long as this system. Is is in place as long as twitch is not enforcing uh people to sign up if they want to watch streams um or maybe that's something that can be controlled by the streamer you know if you want to watch my stream you have to be authenticated authenticated um on twitch and um and, and you know that's one of the options but there's no there is no clear solution to the situation um what i what i'm afraid of is that blue hole right now is uh setting themselves up in this rabbit hole where next time there will be a real stream sniper um of a decently because we're talking about the top top streamers here uh if there is a legit stream sniper uh happening to um slightly less popular twitch streamer and it can't be proven this time. And if Bluehole this time doesn't step up, what is the community going to say? Is, you know, there is like two, how do you say that? There is two level of, um, there's two justice, right? There's, there's two level of justice. Oh, it's a double standard. Yeah, there's double standards. You know, yeah. it's only you're only gonna be protected, protecting the biggest streamers because you know those are the, ta- the your community leaders. But you know, everybody's supposed to play under the same rules. And uh, and if I'm getting stream snipe and I have two viewers, I don't fucking care. I'm, I don't want to be stream snipe. Even <laughs> if I have my, the only person watching me is Ryan, and Ryan is stream sniping me because he wants to kill me. <laughs> I'm care. gonna be too busy. You know what, dude? Uh, look, uh, even with all the negativity that you've mentioned. I am uh, kind of feeling the squeeze, too, and feeling like it is time to try PUBG. Like, this past week, uh, Blizzard made Doomfist available in Overwatch, and for the first time, I legitimately had this distinct feeling that I can't shake of, I don't care. Like. (laughs) Um, not only do I not care about Doomfist and I know, and maybe this will actually make it, we've had people write in and say that they're tired of us Blizzard fanboying out or whatever, but I really don't care. I think for me, I haven't been having fun in Blizzard multiplayer games, uh, in a while. Instead, I've really enjoyed like doing a new season as the Necromancer. Uh, I obviously am still looking forward to going to BlizzCon with you guys and doing a show down there, but... In terms of where the talk is in the video game community, it's, at this point, almost completely shifted to PUBG. Um, That is the social core of video games right now. 
Um, and I think, you know, in a month, we're going to see how much uh, Destiny 2 can take the wind out of PUBG's sails. True. Um, but right now, PUBG seems to be where the action is. And uh, you know how much I hate competitive online games. And yet here I am going, it sounds kind of cool. I mean, I don't yeah. like it. One thing, <laughs> one thing they have for themselves is that, as, like, as I mentioned, it's still early access, but the game is only $30. That's worth mentioning too for the small wallets. Everybody can be, uh, everybody can be happy about that, and 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 you know, half this price being half of the regular uh, price of a game. Speaking of competitive multiplayer games, you've invented a brand new multiplayer competitive game. Nope. Uh, <laughs> nope. <laughs> I'm talking about my favorite game. Tell to us. Spectate. Oh. Dota two. Ooh. Oh, wait, man, that's not the Dota. That's I know, I know what you're gonna talk about. The, don't, don't tell me that Dota Two is trying to be more accessible to the casuals. It is. It <laughs> is trying to be more accessible to casuals after years of being super difficult. I'd okay. like to thank Day Nine for showing Valve the error of their ways. I don't know if he really did it, but I'm just gonna give him the glory for it. Sure. So what so, are the big changes? Can I can I jump in right now? Can I can I go ahead and play with all the top? Players? Well, Yannick, there's never been a better time to check out <laughs> Dota 2. Then right before the International. Yeah. But what they're doing is, instead of going, hey, brand new player, you've got 113 heroes to pick from. They're like, hey, you've only got 20. And we're going to teach you the basics of the game so you don't feel overwhelmed. And Can you imagine? Instead of putting you with terrible toxic players they're gonna put you with the nicest and the most helpful players in the dota community how is that chosen sandy yeah stupid stupid (laughs) casual stupid (laughs) stupid scrubs you pleb you pleb 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 all right in terms of like the players that are the nicest players it's based on Players who have consistently high behavior scores, so they receive a lot of commendations. Uh, you say, hey, it was great playing with you. Those kinds of guys. They've got uh, robots and algorithms to figure that kind of stuff out. Oh, I love a good algorithm. So it's, got, it's actually pretty, pretty great. That's a very, very good idea. All right. Uh, like, let's, let's, let, let's be serious for a second. Um, I, I I do love that <clears throat> they're um, finding out the best players out there and and bringing them back uh, to onboard the new players. In a lot of those games uh, where you have to kind of know, there's a big, big learning curve with League of Legends. Heroes of the Storm a little bit less, but Dota 2 and League of Legends, one of the main reasons I've never got into those games, I've got into Heroes of the Storm, but League of Legends and Dota 2 were just like, I'm just going to have to log in and have people shit all over me just because i'm trying to learn how to play this thing and just because i wasn't part of the same train than them and uh and that's 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 a good step forward what i'm afraid of is that a lot of people were saying that when you start dota 2 or league of legends what you have to do for the first 30 hours of game time is just to play against the ai to be capable enough to play with real players uh you needed to you needed to practice against the ai for a good amount of hours uh, to master a few heroes and to uh understand how the other heroes work to be able to counter them effectively um is that something that right now we're going to be able to skip is it going to allow me to is it encouraging me to jump into pvp right away or do i still need to go through my practice my my practice versus what it's going to do it's going to restrict the hero selection 
for the first for your first twenty five games. Oh, okay. So the in, introdu- this is on Valve's uh, on the blog dot mm-hmm. and it says this introductory group consists of heroes that we've learned are very successful in helping new players learn and enjoy the game. So you're going to play with heroes that are easy to learn, easy to master, and easy to learn the the map with. So you don't have to worry about learning all 113 and seeing which hero is best for what situation. And then the goal is to, when you start playing with actual people, pair you up with members of the community that would actually be willing to help you out and go, hey, by the way, next time you run into this, you'll want to do this. Uh, when you do this, you want to do this, and kind of like men- like a mentorship program almost for for new players. You right. heard it here first, folks. Years in, Dota is doing what it should have done the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> it's so true, though. It's so true. Um, that's I'm excited, though. Yeah, it's exciting. I have um, only the experience with Overwatch on that, and I know that when you start, it's not perfect. Let's put it this way. I mean, right now when I get matched up with, especially in competitive, I get matched up with low levels. I know I'm gonna have to give them an extra attention uh, in terms of like voice communication, and I'm gonna have to give them more instructions that I would do to others, or at least try to help them out. I'm not being negative. I'm one of those that I'm, I'll be gladly to be put with those people, uh, as long as they're. Of course, responsive to my feedback. You know, if they come up and shit on me for for trying to help them out, um, I would not appreciate that. But um, sometimes Overwatch, either in quick play or I think mostly in quick play, they'll try to also match you up with low levels. So I remember when I was starting and I was around the level 10 or under the level 50, uh, which is probably under five or seven hours in the game, I would get matched up with people of this level. Is Dota 2 doing this or can they put you with like very experienced players, very skilled players? I think they want to match up with experienced players because okay. they want you to learn the game. It's it's not like Overwatch where there's different maps and there's different rotations. It's, it's one easy. map. Yeah. Okay. And once you've mastered the basics of the game, it's just getting to, to what you need faster. And what they're also doing for the international is they have a newcomer stream. So if you are interested in Dota but didn't, don't really understand it and want to understand it, they have a stream during the international that's dedicated to kind of teaching people how the game is played, how you should play the game, and kind of introducing this new way of getting into the game. Hmm. Now, Ryan, yeah. is that something that appeals to you? I know you're not the competitive yeah. kind of guy. You're, you're, you've, you've, you've flew away from the competitive... <laughs> If you've flown away from, I've from become the a full old man, is what you're saying. A full, <laughs> full plebe. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I've played Dota two, um, and it, it was interesting to me. I don't think that they're going to fix what I feel like is the fundamental problem there, which is for me that there is. I think this is just a problem with Dota the game for me more than it is like Dota the like concept or whatever. <laughs> uh, but the fact that there's many phases to the game, uh, what those phases are, how to deal with them, uh, and kind of how the game, trying to communicate to people how the game changes consistently through the entire experience, they're all very hard things to do. You know, and t- 
to learn. I mean, like we've all learned that, you know, playing Overwatch, that a hero that might be really good for making the initial push uh, to capture a point or to, uh, you know, get the payload moving might not be the hero that's appropriate for midway through or the end of the match to, you know, keep things moving. Um, maybe you want to adjust based on what your other team is doing. Um, just like that, I think Dota has distinct phases in terms of, it, not that you can switch heroes, but of what the goal of the team is at different points, the same way Heroes of the Storm does. And, how Dota communicates those things, I still think is entirely unclear. Like their tutorial, I've played through it, and it's very much like, hey, here's how last sitting works, here's how your courier works. It's it's telling you about the operation of the game, but it's not telling you about the flow of the entire experience. And I think that they have to find some way, if they really want to bring new people in, to teach that. And I think it sounds like the band-aid solution, because that's a complex problem, is to put people with community members who could potentially teach them that. But I still, I still think it's an uphill battle for them. Yeah. I think it's interesting too, because one, the prize pool for this international is at 23 million, $28,794 with first place. Taking How many cents? $10 million, but they're still making more money because you buy the International Battle Pass, that gets 25% proceeds, goes directly to the prize pool. So that prize pool is going up still. And I think as that prize pool keeps going up, people are going to be more interested. And this is their attempt at going, how can we teach people who are interested to get invested into the game? Yeah. And they make most of their money off of this game. Like, on the cosmetics... The international, all that good stuff. It's all this is Valve's like bread and butter uh, yeah. after Steam. So they have to make it a success. Yeah, I think they want to keep it going. I think they, especially seeing um, Evo and how easy it is to like understand the fighting games. They're, I think oh, at this point, they're so like, good. we need to also kind of adjust and have people understand and be able to pick up this game and play it and then be invested next year. Yeah, Evo, Dota does not make, uh, watching the Invitational, or the International, rather, the Invitational, this, this is how much of an old man I am, um, <laughs> it does not make me want to play Dota in a way that watching Evo made me want to play the hell out of Street Fighter. Yeah. So, I think that says a lot about the approachability of both of those games. All right, I want to talk to you guys about something that is, uh, become very interesting and important and actually part of my daily websites that I visit. Uh, I don't know if either of you have checked out before. I, I've, I've talked to you about a Digital Foundry. Yes. Um, Digital Foundry is a website. Uh, it is, it's a, actually a specific section of Eurogamer.com. I've been to Eurogamer a bunch throughout the years because uh, they, they're usually good at really breaking stories and getting inside scoops on a lot of stuff. Well, Eurogamer has a section called Digital Foundry, which does a, a lot of amazing stuff. And specifically, recently, they did a great breakdown of Legacy of Kane Soul Reaver, one of my favorite games. Uh, and in, in one of my favorite series, I actually love Blood Omen uh, in the Kane series. And they basically explained how techniques used in that game are the genesis of open world uh 
graphics and sound techniques and all that sort of stuff. They, they're really great. If you are a nerd at all for technology and don't mind going on a 30-minute deep dive as to why Fortnite, for example, runs better on Xbox One over PlayStation 4 and how that ties into the Unreal Engine and rendering techniques they're using and actually how, you know, we've got PS4 Pro and Xbox One X that are going to duke out the 4K war this year, and they they go into the rendering techniques and why things perform certain ways and why things look certain ways. It, they're just so knowledgeable about the technical aspects of video games that I've just been enamored so far with all their content. They've got a lot of great YouTube videos, and I love using the YouTube video player on a website. Um, they did a, uh, an article recently about Minecraft on Switch getting a 1080p patch, and they go into you know showing rendering distance, and they measure frames per second in a very technical way, and it's just really, really cool content that if you're into that stuff, you, you guys got to check it out. And I, I'm just curious if, Sandy, Yannick, if you guys have ever gone to Digital Foundry, seen some of their stuff, or... Um, if you have a favorite thing that they've covered in the past. My memory's terrible, so I can't be trusted with anything. <laughs> uh, I thought we've, we've made this clear. But I do like learning how things work. So I do understand kind of like going that into like that deep, dark hole. And you're like, wait, like four or five hours later, like, how did I get here? What yeah, was I looking yeah, for? Exactly. Yeah, they're really good at they did a breakdown of Splatoon 2 over Splatoon to say like, hey, did Nintendo just port this thing or is there actually an increase in fidelity at all? And they get into things like the effects used on the ink in the stages and the frames per second count. And they're actually able to uh, I don't know how they do it. They must use some machine uh, or they're doing some you know, feed uh, translation or something, but they're, they're actually looking to say, hey, this is actually running at 900p half the time instead of 1080p, and that's how they achieve the performance to get this thing smooth. It, it's it's really, really cool. Um, and so I'm I'm really interested. I've been keeping track of everything they've been saying about Destiny 2 because I'm obviously very interested to see um, how it performs on the 1X over the pro or if it's over the pro at all because right it it behooves bungie to make the game as similar as it can on all platforms it's funny they do a um i just randomly checked out their website digitalfoundry.net and i found out an article from july 22nd where they compare the kingdom hearts 3 uh, graphics versus the, the original uh, toy story graphics <laughs> yeah yeah and that's like, that's a great one I'm like, why is why is that a thing? I guess I guess that gives you an idea, but it's funny because Toy Story is what like ten ten years, fifteen years old. Well, one uh, of the things they had said in that is back in the days of like PlayStation Three. I remember PlayStation Three actually, I think specifically made this claim that like they now have consoles now have the power to render everything you've seen in Toy Story, which of course is a joke. It doesn't actually. Yeah. Uh, maybe if you were rendering it a pre-rendered thing rather than a you know dynamic video game that someone can actually play. Um, but yeah, but now they look at the Kingdom Hearts 3 stuff on, you know, PS4 or whatever and compare it to Toy Story. And in some areas they're like, actually, this looks, some things look considerably better <laughs> than they did in the original Toy Story, which is so weird. We really crossed the Rubicon on graphics with some of that stuff. Yeah, that's, that's, this website is extremely nerdy. 
Is yes, yeah. It's and it's it's it. it's double good because it's hosted by a bunch of British dudes. So, um, you know, you've get the the proper smart person accent matching the and they have the, the same proper have, smart person. And they kind of have the same colors of uh, their in their branding than us. The whole um, white and like blue and purple, cyan purple gradients. Yeah, yeah. They've become. Uh, I've I've added them to my like homepage of bookmarks at this point because um, it's just so cool the stuff that they're they're able to do um so go check out some of that stuff and they do do product reviews and all sorts of different stuff but if you're interested in graphics cards and cpus or you know you're you're actually interested in how you know that anthem if that anthem gameplay at e3 they did an amazing breakdown showing hey this is actually probably running on consoles because this is the techniques they're using this is what a graphics card of the power of these consoles says it can perform at um so oh, there's really a there's cool. also a Destiny 2 PS4 versus PS4 Pro beta first look. Interesting. I'm going to check that out. Yeah, got to check it out. Cool. All right. Uh awesome. what else do we have, guys? I have a small thing. Um it's not oh. on the, on the news, but it's uh, actually Destiny related and I know we have some Destiny fans, so I want to give my quick news, quick brief. Uh if people are looking into uh playing Destiny 2 on PC, you may want to listen to all my news right now in the next two minutes. I'm going to try to keep it brief. The PC beta dates have been announced. Uh the early access if you have pre-ordered PC uh starts August 28th. The public open beta starts the next day and uh for everyone the beta ends uh two days later august 31st so jump on that i haven't checked is it a weekend i hope so um and they've also released uh a couple of the recommended specs uh that you would need to have in your in your setup in your machine in order to play the the game so the 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 recommended spec uh it's it's kind of confusing because they're like minimum requirements we know you know we know you want to know what you'll need to what you'll need to play this question has been floating on the winds on the internet ever since we finally huttered a sentence with the words destiny and pc and yes um the following are the specs for what you'll need to build to participate um so the recommended specs are a core i5 2400 uh, a gpu around the gtx 970 um, and 8 gig of RAM. Um, the minimum specs are um, a GTX 660 2 gig and a 6 gig of RAM with a i3 3250. That's really, you know, that's a low rig. That's like a low end one, but uh, yeah. you can probably get this set up for like $400. So if you want to get your hands on Destiny 2 PC, that's probably the minimum you have to go for. But if you're upgrading, here is hardware that's available today and runs the game well an i5 7400 with a GTX 1060 6 gig, and uh, that's recommended minimum would be a pentium g4560 and the gtx 1050 um with two gigabyte of virtual ram and the bungie event machine that they use to showcase the game at e3 and at their um reveal in may was a nice 7 7700k uh with a 1080 ti geforce <laughs> gtx 11 11 gigabytes so pretty much the top of the top of what you can get today of course yeah uh, and I'm, I'm i'm in the middle i'm between recommended and bungee event machine so i'm i'm there i'm up there i'm gonna be probably be able to run it on high not probably ultra but i'm probably gonna be able to run it on high and, and have a fun time with it so uh for you guys out there who are looking to build a pc for destiny 2 here is a piece of news and you have around two months two months and a half to build that up and uh we're only a month away from the official release on consoles so it's I'm coming. really interested as somebody who 
has that 970, which they say was that's the minimum recommended. Is that what they were saying to yeah, you? Yeah, it's it? weird. It's 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 weird. It's just like you know, you'll need to build to participate. Like recommended and minimum recommended sounds like you're gonna be able to run it on normal. You know, nothing yeah. crazy. Right. Um, probably is gonna be matching the console graphics. I'm guessing. You know what I mean? Um, and if you really want to have the PC 60 FPS rendering smooth butter you know technology yeah. um you might want to upgrade uh that's probably what they mean but yeah i um, wonder if they're I'm recommended sure you're, gonna be fine. you're gonna be able to intended. find your way out there and uh, yeah i'm wondering if the recommended is intended to um intended to stand for uh 60 frames a second or not you know because they it yeah. doesn't run on 60 frames a second on console so my my guess would be that that's n- not as part of baked into the recommended thing, but at the same time, like that's also the promise of the PC. So I'm really curious to see how it all shakes out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, they are, and it's funny they ended up this post with like these are specs for the beta. They could change before launch on October 24th. <laughs> it all it, it all depends on how things plays play out. I'm just yeah. imagining like the Bungie offices right now being like, okay. Uh, Guys, like PC, what do we do? Like, how does this thing work? I don't, I don't know. Just plug the things together. I don't know. Can we, can we just do port? Can we port it? Like, is it gonna run in 60 FPS, butter smooth? Uh, yeah, it seems it seems shaky for them to do a PC release. It sounds like they're kind of new to the new to the thing, and um, and it feels like they're learning as they market it out, and 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 it feels like they're like I've always said. They I feel like they are on a on a tense pace right now, trying to get this thing out. Yeah, for sure. It's gonna be good though. It's gonna sell. People are gonna it's love hope. it. It's There's gonna be a vinyl record of for the soundtrack, and people are gonna want to buy that too. No, McCartney. And then we're though. all gonna have to get vinyl record players <laughs> to be like <laughs> the <laughs> ultimate <laughs> hipsters. For the future. No, By the way, I was I so, wanna... <laughs> so happy to hear that in the demo. Come on, who thought? Only our podcast has ever made this hope for the future joke over and over again, and yet here we are, folks. It was Wait. in the Destiny 2 beta. Did demo. I miss it? Did I miss you, it? Where? You did. You have to. Apparently, you had to go up to in the initial story mission. You have to go up to one of the locked doors that's already in the uh, the tower, and you will hear Paul McCartney singing to you. No way. Yes. <laughs> I didn't know. I didn't know that. I gotta <laughs> yeah. check Reddit. I, I missed something out. Oh my god, I feel bad. You're, I'm I feel sure left out. I'm sure there's YouTube videos of it. There's gotta be YouTube videos. I feel like a plebe of <laughs> Destiny now, not knowing all the secrets. Oh my god. <laughs> I got fear of missing out. So no more moaning when I sing Hope for the Future. Okay. It is the official fucking song it's as so far better. as I'm concerned. Yeah. It's even better as an Easter egg. It's even better. It is better as an Easter egg. You're right. It's just like when they brought back... Uh, Brought back Nolan North saying, that wizard came from the moon. Oh, my God. Just get this out of me. <laughs> just don't make me forget this moment. <laughs> um, cool. Sandy, anything else? I really want to play Pyre. Yeah, me too. Oh, man. I, I actually bought it, and I downloaded it um, right before we started the show, and I was hoping to have time to play it a little bit, but... Uh, yeah, I think we'll be able to talk about it next week, so that's okay. Yeah, that game looks really... I think Supergiant Games did a really good job. Transistor, Bastion, beautiful games, great yeah. soundtracks. BT Dubs, if you want vinyl records, 
of the Transistor soundtrack (laughs) or uh the Bastion soundtrack that's now available. I'm going to look right now because I'm very curious to see if if I can get the Bastion um, and Transistor soundtrack on Apple Music because I would be very interested in that. I actually, you know what? Uh, That'd be a good pickup. Where the hell's my phone? Actually, you know what? I'm going to just do it right now. Confirmed. Bastion original soundtrack is available and Transistor original soundtrack and, and I'm sorry, and Pyre original soundtrack all available on Apple Music. So if you have an Apple what? Music subscription, if you're an oh, Apple it's nerd so like good. Us, I paid for the Transistor soundtrack. I have it digitally. Oh, they're all totally worth paying for. I mean, so uh, good. Yeah, Supergiant has so much personality and style in their games that, yeah, I agree. Oh, good. So um, then let me quickly talk about this, which is Street Fighter 2. Uh, from Capcom, mm-hmm. sold mm-hmm. almost half a million copies on As Switch. <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you why I'm super surprised. It's a Super Nintendo game, essentially, that they yep. sold for $40 a copy. When they announced the price of this thing, I said, no one's going to touch this with a 10-foot pole. Boy, oh boy, was I wrong. Um, Did you see the amount of people that were there at Evo? Yeah, well, I didn't actually see anything about Street Fighter 2 at Evo I didn't because I wasn't looking for Street Fighter 2. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I was blown away. They said this is a smash hit. And so, well, first of all, I, I'm kind of sad that it's a smash hit because I think it signals to Capcom we can charge people $40 for wicked old video games. But, this is true. But uh, that Switch tax is real. Um, but I was hoping to get uh, just get a conversation going with you, Yannick, and you, Sandy. Maybe talk about uh, Capcom games, because they said, now that this was a hit, they're looking to bring more games to the Switch. They're in a mad dash to bring Capcom games to the Switch. So if you could pick one or possibly two Capcom games to come to Nintendo Switch, what would you pick? Oh, man, some Resident Evil. Why not? Why not? That's a great pick. I mean, especially Resident Evil 4. I would play that again on no. Switch in a heartbeat. That's something that would have felt great on Vita, too. But, I mean, I don't know if the Vita could have run it. What's a Vita? Yeah. Oh, a lie. Lol. Lol. Vita in 2017. Lol. Sandy, what was the one that you had said? DuckTales Remastered. DuckTales Remastered would be a cool one. I, I was... I'm... In my heart, I really hope that Capcom could give some team. I would actually like to see um, the Drinkbox Games, the makers of Guacamelee, take a stab yes. at making a new Mega Man, a new 2D Mega Man, or new not not even. I, I'm not talking about in the 8-bit style. Even I'm just talking about a brand new, beautifully illustrated, colorful. Mega Man game where you're getting powers and subtext and all that stuff. I, I I mean I love Mega Man X, so selfishly I'd want it to be an X series game. But if this was like a reboot of Mega Man by Drinkbox Games on the Switch, I would love that. But yeah, Resident Evil Four is great. I well, mean, could I we mean, get Street Fighter Five running? Sandy, yeah, do you think? Uh, that too. Yeah. On a Switch. She's like input lag boy. Input lag. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like yeah. you could. It's it a could. wireless only controller world. Would that be acceptable for the Evo crowd? Yeah, Snake Eyes plays with a wireless controller. There's yeah. like there's nothing against the wireless controller. Well, my question is why is there not a Monster Hunter coming it's coming to PS4, Xbox and PC? Why isn't it coming on Switch yet? 
Yeah, because we've a good got question. Pokemon that's way better. <laughs> I don't know. Monster Hunter is totally. I'm not gonna say totally different. I don't think it's totally different, but it is different in some ways. You know, I don't what? know. Uh, I don't... this is selfish, but uh, for the, here's a deep cut for people. But I would love to see them make a new Okami or do an Okami HD remaster for Switch. I think both of those would be really beautiful. And Okami, if I'm if I'm not mistaken, had some stuff with the Wii where they added in some motion control stuff that could could still work with the the Switch, which would be nice. Okay, I guess that's it for me. That was a good show. Divers. Full of content, people must be you know full Rich of energy. And calories. I'm just gonna give us some Rich like you know auto Loaf. congratulate ourselves right now. Yeah, uh, exactly. Low in calories, high in protein. There was not a ton of fat. I hope no, today's episode. no, no. It was a high intensity right there. But and, fats uh, are good. It's sugars. And sugars if you think and, and if you think the same way than us, or if you think otherwise, you should write to us and let us know how you enjoyed the show. And how we can improve it for you. Right, Ryan? Am I doing this right? You're doing it exactly right. In fact, Sandy, how would they write into us? They could write into us by going to pixelsweekly.com. And if you go there, you can get every single episode for free. But Unless Pixels you're Curtis, we charge him. Unless you're him. Curtis, we charge yeah. him $15 charge an episode. Curtis Quintal, brother of Ryan, mother of dragons. Yeah, and now with the success of Street Fighter 2 for $40, we're going to up Curtis's rate to $40 an episode, <laughs> which is pretty, <laughs> pretty, pretty extraordinary. We're yeah. really going to be breaking in that money. Um, you can follow us on Twitter at PixelsCast, and of course on Instagram, where we're going to be putting up some of those Cloud Amiibo pictures and Sandy's adventures and trying to get a switch at nintendo world yes maybe i'll yes. post a picture of me if i get a chicken chicken dinner on PUBG, winner, winner. which yeah, means like a victory yeah and you know what i actually have i this is a totally guilty i ordered a steel series 7.1 uh, gaming getting headset the, so i can try PUBG. i didn't know smooth. while we were doing the show getting so i guess <laughs> uh, yeah so i'm gonna be raked all the way into this stuff too um, thank you so much for listening. We really appreciate listeners. And the best thing that you could do, by the way, even though we're 70 episodes into this thing, is head over to Apple Podcasts, a la iTunes, and leave a review for the show. We haven't asked people to do that in a long time. And, of course, uh, now that we're getting all the plugs out of the way, you can come join us uh, on from the website on our Discord page. Uh, where you can chat with us and game with us and maybe play some PUBG together. I'll create a PUBG room or something so we can get uh, some really good stuff together. Uh, but no cheating. No stream sniping. No stream sniping, please. That's right. Okay, it's time for us to go. So until next time. Adios. Au revoir. And we'll see you next week. Mm-hmm.